The countdown to summer is on. Wenatchee Apple Sox Baseball returns on June 2nd, and it's time to meet the newest members of the 2023 team with this week's roster release. Here are your hosts, the voice of the Apple Sox, Joel Norman, and head coach, Mitch Darlington. We're back again with another edition of the Wenatchee Apple Sox podcast, bringing to you each member of this roster as we get set for this 2023 season, the 23rd in Apple Sox history. As you heard, opening day coming up on June 2nd. The Sox open up the season at the Bend Elks before the home opener shortly after that June 6th against the Springfield Drifters. I'm Joel Norman, and as always, we're joined by the head coach of the Apple Sox, Mitch Darlington, to talk about this week's players. And Mitch, before we do that, you had to, uh, you know something unique to celebrate with a member of your other roster, with your family. Your son Dash had his birthday over the weekend, so congratulations to him on that, and yeah, pretty exciting for you guys. That's, of course, a, a valued member of the Apple Sox grounds crew and Dash, so happy birthday to him. <laughs> yeah, we, we appreciate that, Joel. Dash, uh, he's growing like crazy and uh, working on that strength to be able to pull that rake around this summer and get to get that infield in pristine condition. So we're excited to to see him develop uh, for us as well. You'll have to, I hope people have seen that. I'm sure you've shown that to enough people, just the pictures of him uh, trying to push those rakes around last year. A year older and a year stronger though. So I'm sure he'll be able to take on even more on that mound this year. But <laughs> Mitch, I imagine that was pretty nice for you. We're getting into this time of the year. We keep talking about the spring. There's always so much going on. But such a good thing is we really to get get a little bit closer here to the start of baseball season. Yep, yep. You know, just kind of putting the final touches on the roster right now and uh, really starting to dive in and follow some of these guys and uh, just checking in online and following their stats and, and seeing what they're doing, you know, whether it be former Apple Sox guys or guys that are coming to us uh, this spring. It's it's fun to follow them and uh, it's it's coming quick. It's, what, six, seven weeks away here, so... Right around the corner, I had the I sent out a newsletter for fans the other day, and I put how many days were left on that. Now, whenever I get back to Wadanchi, one of the things I always do, and this isn't meant to be like a stressful thing, but it ends up stressing people out. I'm that type of person who likes to go, here we are, 35 more days till opening day, you know, 27 more days. And Allie, of course, her general manager, doesn't. she told me she didn't like that. She said, no, don't do that so much. You know, there's a lot to do before then, and it's stressing me out, so... Maybe won't do that as much this year, but it, either way, the countdown is on. We're all excited for another fun summer. And, you know, Mitch, this week, it's kind of a, a mismatch of guys. These are guys with different connections coming to the team, but we're at that point where we look at the guys who've been signed and with what we're adding right now, as you said, rounding things out, but sort of helping out in some other big areas on this team, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm excited to talk about these guys this week. We got you know, some really new connections here, uh, whether it be different schools, different players, you know, it's an interesting group uh, as far as roster releases go this week. Um, so excited to dive in and talk about these guys and the role that we kind of uh, are envisioning them having for us. Yeah, a lot of weeks we kind of have a theme, not so much this week, we get back into that a little bit next week, but uh, either way, some important members coming up to the team. Before we get into that, Mitch, I don't know, do you get a chance to dive into much college baseball action this past weekend? Uh, I know it's we've talked about it's been a busy stretch for both of us right now, but anything you saw really stood out, Apple Sox alums or any other, you know, some of our partner schools we've worked with? Yeah, i got to give a, a shout-out to uh, Iva Arquette. Got his first career hit uh, yesterday against Stanford on the road. So, you know, in typical Iva fashion, had a great at-bat, battled off some pitches, and then uh, just absolutely laced a ball up the middle and 
you know, I shared that on Twitter. I, I think it's the first of many hits for Iva in his UW career. So I'm uh, really excited to keep following him. And he's, he's just a great kid, man. He deserves all the success he's going to get. So uh, excited to follow him. Yeah, really cool to see him get into some games. As you mentioned, he got into all three of the games against Stanford on the weekend, one for four, one for one on Saturday. So really cool to see that. Such a good summer for him. I wasn't sure how things were going to line up for him. Having not played into mid to later April, I was wondering if he was nearing that redshirt category. And it's hard to say. It might be really good to jump in at this point. Let me ask you about that. What are the perks about a guy getting some late action like this in a year that maybe might have been a situation where it looked like they might redshirt, but they do still get the opportunity to play? Give me some of the positives that come from that. Yeah, I you know I was a little a little surprised in some way too. Um, you know, I was talking actually with another baseball coach about that same thing with Iva about you know him late in the year now all of a sudden getting abs and and jumping in. But you know the big thing with Iva he's he he's a hitter man he can hit so um, seeing him kind of fill into this um, you know kind of a pinch hit maybe a DH role down the stretch as UW really gets into some really important baseball games and hopefully some playoff games here in the Pac-12 tournament and and uh, hopefully a regional for them. So, you know, maybe he's just kind of earned a spot and, you know, it's kind of paying off and he's showing what he can do. And, you know, the coaching staff is um, putting him in in some big situations. But, um, you know, I'll have to check in with him and kind of see what, what what's going on there. But uh, excited to see it. Nonetheless, man, I, I hope he can uh, kind of earn a role there in that lineup and uh, make some things happen. Yeah, such a great season with the Apple Sox last year. Uh, 18th round draft pick in the middle of the summer by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Led the team in RBI. So fun to watch him play and develop over the course of the summer. So neat to see him get some of that work at the, the college action level. So Mitch, without further ado, then let's jump into this week's roster announcements. Five players coming. And as you mentioned, coming from a few, a couple of different schools that people maybe have not seen. And let's start with one of those right here. If the Apple Sox have had a school, a player from this school, that'll be the first that I'm hearing about. Who's our first guy coming to Wenatchee this week? Yeah, first guy we'll uh, announce this week will be Marty Kaplan. He is a left-handed hitting outfielder from Northwestern. Kind of a new Big Ten connection for us. You know, they weren't really weren't on my radar. Had no connection to him. You know, had had actually an, a, an assistant general manager with the St. Louis Cardinals who reached out. Marty Kaplan was a family friend of theirs. He he had heard great things about the Apple Sox and kind of wanted to have this family friend be sent to us. You know, I me doing my due diligence, I said, hey, you know, typically I contact the coaching staff. Um, let's make sure they're okay with uh, Kaplan being placed with us. And sure enough, got got phone numbers from their coaching staff. Jim Foster, who uh, has just taken over at Northwestern, was previously an Army, and it had really developed a strong program. Not an easy place to develop a good baseball program, and uh, credit to him. A lot of success there, and I, I, I'm kind of expecting the same thing with Nor Northwestern. He's got a whole new coaching staff in there, you know, including Brian Anderson, former big leaguer with the Chicago White Sox, and, and, and just really establishing and just kind of getting Northwestern back up and trying to get this thing into a baseball school, and so... Really excited to have Marty coming to us. He he had numerous offers coming out of high school. I had Georgia Tech had offered him, Arizona had offered him. Um, he actually chose Northwestern because his older brother had played four years there. So kind of wanted to keep that connection. And um, he's a true freshman this year. And 
you know, not sure what we're going to get. He he hasn't seen a ton of action for, for Northwestern, but to his credit in his 13 at bats, you know, just looking up here online, he's, he's five for 13 on the year. So a 380 bat, batting average. And, you know, that was kind of the scouting report I got on him was it was he could hit. And so we'll, we'll see what he can do for us in our park. And we've touched on that previously as well with the uh, left-handed bats, man, they play at our park. So excited yeah. about him. Yeah, they certainly do. An outfielder joined the team. He's from Santa Monica, California, as you mentioned, a uh, first-year player at Northwestern and just made his first start of the season this past Sunday. So getting in some work, maybe could be a guy down the stretch. You mentioned Northwestern hiring Jim Foster. This is a program who they're going through some growing pains right now. Sometimes those first years for a head coach at any college, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever sport they're doing at any college that they transfer to, or they, they switch their jobs on, it's it's tough. It's tough to build a program, and the Cats are certainly feeling that right now. Six and 28 on the season uh, at, this, at the time of this recording. So those growing pains do allow for guys to get other opportunities. And like you mentioned, Mitch, maybe we're seeing that a little bit with Marty Kaplan here in late April. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, from a coach's perspective, having a tough year, you, you, you're going to start building for that future. And I think Marty Kaplan's a a guy that's going to be a big role for them in the next few years and a big part of their program as they, uh, as they try to turn this thing around. And, you know, it's tough. Anytime you, anytime you get a whole new coaching staff at a division one program, especially with the transfer portal. Now, like uh, when guys get, you know, see that the coach that recruited them or brought them in is leaving. It's, it's kind of just opens the floodgates for guys to kind of, you know, head out the door. So, you know, you really got to start from bare bones and reset those programs and get things back up and going well. So I think, I think Marty is, is going to be nonetheless for for how rough of a season they're having at Northwestern. Marty's a talented kid and uh, I'm really excited to see him in Wenatchee. Should be exciting to add another outfielder into the mix, another left-handed bat. We've talked about those in some, some previous episodes here as well, but that's certainly going to be a nice addition to this group got to give a shout out i've got a good friend from back home who goes to graduate school at northwestern he's a frequent listener of the apple Sox podcast mitch and I, I he kept asking me he said you told me you had some northwestern guys when are they coming here they are at last and uh nice to have these guys coming like we said a new connection i gotta go back to when you started with this you mentioned that you said it was an assistant gm for the st louis cardinals who reached out about this player on his behalf is that what you said yeah yeah so yeah i'll Name drop, I'm sure he probably doesn't mind, but Randy Flores, uh, assistant general manager with the Cardinals, you know, somehow is a family friend with the Kaplans and uh, has heard some great things about Wenatchee and uh, was looking to help him out because, you know, Kaplan coming in, whole new coaching staff. You know, the last thing on their mind is they're going to be trying to get their guys placed with summer collegiate baseball. You know, they're, they're trying to build a program right off the bat. And, and just just wanted to do a favor and, you know, reached out about Marty and kind of gave a description. And yeah, sure enough, it, it worked out great. And so we actually not not only have one, but two Northwestern guys coming to us from the program. So it, it's fun. It's fun to start a new connection and and uh, meet some new people along the way. I had to double check about that with the Cardinals, because I'm sure there were there's people who are going to hear this and they're going to say, wait a sec, what what's what's going on there? Why would it, you know someone with a professional team do that? But like you mentioned, maybe just that family connection. But uh, nice to have that nonetheless. And as we mentioned, a new connection in Northwestern. You, you said a lot, not a lot of work for Marty Kaplan to this point with the Wildcats. 
what's been some of the stuff that was kind of pitched to you about him, about what he can do and what he can bring to the Apple Sox? You know, the big thing was his bat, uh, left-handed bat. You know, he, he's been invited to some really good area codes, you know, underclassmen games, and, and it succeeded really well at that. Uh, Harvard Westlake, the high school that he went to, that he uh, went to in high school, is is a really just a really hotbed for talent. I'm trying to think of the, they have a senior there. I forget his name. Committed to Texas, a good, really good, one of the top players in the country, um, and they, they just consistently have good good baseball through, at that school. So you know, kind of just looked up Marty a little bit, did a little bit of research, uh, noticed that he had some offers from Georgia Tech and. Um, and Arizona, which, you know, if you follow college baseball, Georgia Tech's usually a powerhouse and Arizona's a really good school. So uh, kind of assumed that the talent level was there and, you know, having an older brother that played four years of Division One baseball always helps. And obviously a Northwestern guy, he's going to be a smart kid. So, uh, you know, you, you know, you know what you're kind of getting when you get into some of those academic schools, they're, they're focused kids that are, are, are good student athletes. So I, I thought this would be a great fit for us. Really cool. Like you said, choosing Northwestern over places like Arizona and Georgia Tech could be a guy who's in it for the long run, even you know, willing to develop with a program. Those guys are so valuable at this point. You don't see a ton of guys doing that over the, over the across all college sports. The transfer portal, as understandable as it is, not trying to discredit it at all. I, you and I have said it before, completely understand the players having their opinions of what they want to do and having that right to move themselves to better situations. I think fans enjoy it even more now, though, when you get those four-year players. So potentially an option right there with Marty Kaplan. So one player from Northwestern down. Mitch, we do have a second one to welcome to the Apple Sox this week. Who's number two from Northwestern? Yeah, second guy uh, for this week, and I, I, I apologize if I butcher his name, but uh, Trent Leolios is, is, gonna, is how I'm going to pronounce it. Trent, uh, Trent actually was kind of a package deal with Marty. You know, this year I really tried to focus on, you know, when we get a position player, I'd like to add a pitcher with them just to make sure that we continue to bolster that pitching staff. Um, and originally Trent uh, went to Northwestern as a two-way, um, w- you know, was was pretty talented on the mounds with an, up, on the mound with an upper 80s fastball and good off speed and um, was a two-way guy all through high school. So, that was kind of what their pitching coach had envisioned for him, you know, and then it, it just didn't work out. He ended up, uh, you know, this spring starting, I think it's like 21 or 22 games, um, been playing a lot of third base, a lot of first base for Northwestern and um, another left-handed bat. I feel like I say that every week as we announce every position player, but yeah, he, you know, he ended up just kind of filling that infield role for him and uh, hasn't been used on the mound at all. So I think uh, there's a chance we still tinker with him this summer and maybe see him and see him uh, get some innings on the mound for us. But um, another good left-handed bat um, that's going to have a lot of Division One experience. Got 80-something abs already under his belt as a true freshman. So I think I think he'll be great for us. Mitch, you're kind of you're laying the hand out there for for everyone to see in the West Coast League. All you got to do is get left-handed pitchers when you pitch against the Apple Sox. They got all these lefty bats coming in this summer, <laughs> don't they? Oh man, I'll have a whole separate separate lineup of my righties that I just keep in my back pocket. So you can't just throw lefties at us every night. That's right. That or we get a a coach to pitch left hand in batting practice, and we just have the lefties take their sessions there as well to figure it out. But we've right. said it before, those lefty bats, it's it's hard to not want to have a ton of them playing at a place like Paul Thomas Senior Stadium with that ability 
to to pull the ball here. As you mentioned, Trent Leoliosa joining the team here, playing at Northwestern right now, similar to Marty Kaplan, a first-year player, another California kid coming across the country into the Midwest. I, I always am amazed when those guys are willing to leave a state like that with how warm it is. It's, it amazes me. How could you leave a situation like that? But it all depends on right. these offers, of course, as we always talk about where you're going to school. One of the things I saw about these two guys was that Marty uh, and uh, Trent and Marty Kaplan both had played club baseball together uh, previously. So kind of cool that they have a connection already. So I imagine those are going to be guys who they come to the Apple Sox, they're going to at least know one other guy. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice when guys have played, you know, previously with someone that's already coming in on the team and you can kind of have a roommate that you already know. And, you know, and especially coming from the same college, it's nice for those guys to be able to work out together and hold each other accountable and, you know, obviously meet some other guys from different schools. But definitely just a comfort, more comfortable to, to have someone that you already know and have already worked with. How much did you enjoy that process? We'll get back to Trent's stance in just a moment. How much did you enjoy that process last year? Every summer ball head coach talks about how it's so fun watching the team come together over the course of a year. Everyone comes in. You're a little afraid to talk to each other before the end of the year. You're you're friends with the guys who live across the country from you. What kind of give me some of the, the stories you got from that last summer? What, how much of the team changed from day one to that final day? Oh yeah, I mean that, that, those first couple of weeks, it's like pulling teeth just to get guys to talk to each other. And, you know, and there's just nobody's gelled. Everyone's a little nervous. I mean, you always got a couple clowns that are just immediately in the clubhouse and, and goofing off, but man, you go on a couple of those six day road trips to Canada or whatever it may be, have a bus breakdown and have some stories where you're just, you know, stories to tell, just sitting with each other and camped out all day. It, it, you you have no other choice, man. You have no other choice but to just get really close with these guys. And it, it's crazy how in a matter of a couple months, you, you know, you're leaving and going on your separate ways, but it just feels like you're leaving a family member. It's, it's crazy. It's one of the beautiful things of summer baseball, though. I'll say that. Yeah, every year. It doesn't matter who the players are, the faces and the names. They may change, but some of these storylines, they stay the same. Trent Leo Leos, looking back at his numbers, and we're going to get, we'll have to check with him, of course, on the pronunciation of his name. He's gotten into a decent amount of games this spring. His average, probably not where he would like it. 26 games play and 100, uh, 195 batting average uh, with eight extra base hits, including a home run and eight RBI. One of the, the things with guys this week I noticed, Mitch, when taking a glance at numbers, their numbers midway through the season aren't quite where they would like them to be, but sometimes that works out well for us and for them in the sense that maybe you didn't have the spring you wanted. You come into the summer a little bit more motivated sometimes, and then these guys end up becoming much better ball players once they get through a summer and went at you. Would you agree that that could be the case with some of the guys this week? Yeah, definitely. You know, and the other thing is, I mean, with these guys that are true freshmen or incoming freshmen, their their development happens at such a rapid rate. I mean, you, you get a guy like Trent who's he's got going to probably be closing in on 100, you know, Division One college ABs before he steps foot in Wenatchee. You know, his development is going to be so much quicker and he's just going to grow like crazy out here in Wenatchee. And the other thing is, he, you know, with with the pitching in the Division One level, he's I mean, he's facing Big Ten, you know, their Friday night starter, their Saturday starter. He's facing their top arms um, with him starting in these games. You know, in the West Coast League, we do. We, I mean, not to say we don't have quality pitching, 
But for the most part, we're not we're not facing the guys Friday night starter and Saturday night starter. We're facing those guys at the Division One level who need some more innings. You know, still talented, talented arms. You know, the high end junior college guys that are heading to those Division One schools. You know, but we're not seeing those power power starters from the Division One level. It's it's such a good point too, Mitch, because a guy like that. We, you we talked about this on last week's podcast too, and I really enjoyed that where we said one of the biggest challenges with a lot of incoming freshmen. And that's something you have this year. You've got more than ever before because of the West Coast League allowing more guys to jump on. One of those big challenges then is becoming, you know, how do you teach these guys how to deal with with failure? Because they're not used to that. Now, some of these guys, you're doing that for the first time at that college level. You're doing it in the spring. I think it's a good thing, though. They're getting these opportunities on what is – it's meant to be a building year anyway. We talked about where, where Northwestern's record is. It's not where they want, but – I think if you're their coaching staff, and maybe this is something you've talked about them with, the hope is that these guys get even more experience, just even more college games this summer, maybe more than anything else, come back and not treat or not not expect the second year at Northwestern to be kind of the way their freshman year went. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you. I mean, you want guys leaving when actually leaving your summer collegiate program with confidence, like, hey, I'm going to step in this next fall and be the dude at my Division One program. And so that, that, you know, that's part of it, getting a guy out here like Trent who's, you know, hopefully going to get close to another 100 ABs and uh, and have a lot of success and then take that back uh, back to Northwestern. But again, you know, it's so hard. It, it, it's so hard to predict, you know, looking at batting averages and, and following guys stats in the spring and then trying to predict what they'll do for you in the summer. You know, even off last year's team, we get guys that have, have a, a phenomenal spring or hitting above 300, um, you know, and then just kind of have a little bit of a disappointing summer for us. And then you get guys, you know, like Grant Sherrod for, uh, you know, upstate, who you know, probably was disappointed with his spring, but then it, it's the exact opposite. He, you're thinking, Oh, I don't know how good this guy's going to be for us. And then he, he rolls into Wenatchee and it's summer baseball. He's a little relaxed. He's a little more comfortable and he's just, just has a great summer for you. So it's just so hard to predict what energy these guys are going to bring and um, you know, what kind of summer they're going to have for you based off their spring stats. And like you said, with Grant, he went back, he's their regular cleanup hitter. Now he's, he's become right. a lineup regular because of his work he did with the Apple Sox last year. I mean, guy was an on base machine last summer, saw enough pitches. Now he's, now he's hammering them. Anything he's getting to hit, he's crushing it at upstate. So awesome to see that with him. But maybe a situation we're seeing as well with some of these guys coming in this year is you get that opportunity to come back and be the guy after gaining some confidence in the summer. So Trent's an infielder. We've got a lot of different guys who can play some different spots in the infield. What are some of the positions there you kind of expect him to see the bulk of his work at defensively? Yeah, right now, uh, you know, on my little depth chart, I pretty much have him seeing a lot of time at third base um, with him and Ponce. I kind of figure those two guys are going to be flip-flopping and, and both seeing quite a bit of action there. You know, Trent also can bump over and play a little first base, which which makes him a little more just playable, easier to get in your lineup. Uh, still not giving up on the fact that I think Trent could see some innings on the mound as well. So, um, you know, if he has a night where he throws three or four innings, obviously the next night he might have to DH or, might not be in the lineup consistently at third base if he's pitching. So I could see him, you know, basically playing corner infield and, and, and on the mound for us. Interesting. You know, he's not really listed as being a pitcher at all at Northwestern. Is that something they've talked to you about, wanting to see him just get some innings just in case that's something they decide maybe in the winter? Yeah, you know, I, 
again, I'd have to check in with their pitching coach one more time. But originally this fall when we had signed him, it sounded like the bulk of his work was going to come on the mound. You know, which again, that just makes me think something happened in the winter where he's just tearing the cover off the ball or the spring kind of just took over that third baseman's job and and ran with it. And so, you know, we'll have to definitely check in and, and see what kind of what kind of inning limit they'd like to see him on the mound. But again, just like with any of our other arms, you know, kind of going to have to just see what he is, you know, Be, those first few outings, just get a feel for what, what the guy is, what he's not, and, and then kind of go from there. You know, we talked about guys seeing different positions, and one of the ones who I thought of with that was uh, you, you said, you know, we'll see with some spots where he's at. You know, I've been told he's I'm slotting him in here. The one guy who it's been so fun to follow this spring, obviously what he's done at the plate and Joey Oyama, but he's been the regular third baseman at UC Irvine. Mitch, have you caught that too? He did not see one inning at third base defensively last summer at Wenatchee. He was second base primarily. Briefly at shortstop as well. Yep, yep. It's it's weird how that works, but you know when you get guys like Joe Ichiro or guys that can swing it, and you know one thing happens, and maybe you have another second baseman that's really good, and you just got you gotta gotta find a spot for him. But yeah, you know I'm thinking back to last summer, and you know obviously we're talking and figuring out where we're slating guys, and Grant Sherrod's, you know, keep talking about him, but he was one that was coming in as primarily just a corner infielder. And then, and then by the end of the spring for upstate, you know, they were saying, you know, Hey, we want him to only kind of play outfield. And it's tough. It's tough when you make these rosters, when you're signing guys in the fall and you know, whether they're coming in from a junior college or, you know, they're a freshman and they kind of have an idea where they play. And then, you know, six months goes by and then they're, you know, then they want to play a completely different position or their coaching staff wants them somewhere else. So, you know, it's kind of just a fine balance of, you know, signing the right amount of guys to to where guys can still flip flop positions and, and guys are still seeing consistent at bats. That's something I encourage Apple Sox fans to do is follow what these guys do when they go back to their schools. They might play a completely different position than you remember. I'll just let me just refer to the 2021 team. Adam Grobe was primarily at shortstop that summer for the Apple Sox, a little bit of action at third. Every time I've seen him, when he's been in the lineup for South Carolina Upstate, he's been in center field. Tino Bethancourt, that team, mm-hmm. third baseman primarily for the Sox. He's a first baseman now. So uh, they might have been played at the wrong positions that summer. They've had much more success at where they've been at since then. But for me, it's so funny to see where guys can end up turning up uh, just based on who they are and, and what the colleges maybe sometimes see them after their work in the summer as well. Oh, yeah. You know, another one to really quickly touch on. Chase Matheny, you know, I signed him last year in the fall. You know, I he was in West Coast League honorable mention outfielder for the Ben Delks. Midway through the winter, I get a text from their coaching staff. It's like, hey, Chase Matheny's not playing outfield anymore. He's going to be like our main bullpen arm. I'm like, okay, I, that sounds good to me. He comes out here, just an absolute dude on the mound for us. And, and you know, we we threw him out there in right field a couple games where we, we, we didn't have anyone to go to step into our lineup. But it's just amazing that that can happen. A guy can be a position player his whole life and then – you know, that talented that at the division one level, he can just flip flop and in, in an off season and, and, and be a bullpen arm like that. It was so fun. He developed so well. And unfortunately he was a guy who had to leave, I think in early July, but boy, his last couple of starts were some of the best ones we saw in the summer. And, you know, Mitch, that was a guy who, like you said, really good hitter the year before the Ben Elks 
wasn't the same hitter once coming back to Wenatchee, probably because that's no longer what he did anymore. He was a pitcher. He was not a position player anymore. But it's so funny what what just that one off season. You know, one I, I shouldn't call it off season because for them that's very much in season. It's amazing what a fall and a winter with a with a college program of just that you know non game action work can do to change a player just a year later. Yep, yep. And so uh, I'm sure we'll have another story at the end of this summer of someone who we've signed position wise or whatever it may be that's going to come in here and we have a we have an idea what they're going to be and it's they're going it's going to turn around and be something completely opposite. I'll tell one more story before we move on, just with guys changing positions. I, I I think it's entertaining enough for people to hear. And this is one from my first year. Jeremy Wu Yelland, really talented left-handed arm. He ended up being one of the uh, top prospects from what back when we still had the All-Star game. He was honored with that as one of the top prospects at it. And he was an All-Star from the Apple Sox. Just a really good ERA all year. He got some work at the plate. And he just, it never really, it was never going. I think we were trying it. We were told maybe he could two way. It just didn't work out as a hitter. And that's okay because he's currently in the Boston Red Sox organization as a pitcher. He's had some arm troubles the last couple of years, but he's being paid for the right thing is, is my point. But because he was an all-star that year, and this is something, Mitch, I wish you could see it because it's it was so fun. The home run derby was so much more fun than the all-star game itself. And in 2018, in Port Angeles, they had it right on the water instead of at Civic Field, which you haven't been to yet, which you'll get to do this summer. Uh, but they did it right on the water there, and guys were hitting it to you know certain spots. They had like an outfield alignment in the water, and Jeremy was selected to be the Apple Sox hitter because I I don't know why we didn't. I'd have to ask. He's now the head coach, of course, for Yakima Valley, but I'd have to ask Kyle Crustangel again why he chose why he didn't choose some of our hitters. Cause we had Corey Meyer on that team. It was a really good hitter. And I, if I'm remembering right from, and I'll have to send him this to ask him. I, I remember right. Kyle told me he chose Jeremy because of our all-stars who went to the game. That guy had the best batting practice swing. If I'm remembering the story, right. That was what he said. Left-handed <laughs> pole hitter, but a pitcher by trade. And I don't, I think he got one home run in the Derby, but just another example of a guy, you know, maybe that your last little crack at that, but you have the story later on, of course. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, we I, I can't even bring up pitchers hitting or on any more podcasts or anything. I I know yeah. somewhere Riley Sinclair's listening to this and uh dying to get another at bat. So the record books will always say that he had a perfect batting average and was <laughs> the leading hitter of the 2022 Apple Sox. Oh my gosh. Riley that I don't know every time you bring up pitchers hitting Riley Sinclair is, is a little dinged up this spring out of nowhere. He texted me probably two, three weeks ago um, and was like, Hey, if I come out to a game this summer, would there be a chance I could get an AB? And it's just like, Riley, I, I, I was hoping I was getting this text asking if you could come pitch for us again, but he's trying to weasel his way into another at bat. That kid. Unbelievable. So, Mitch, you have a reputation now. You're the coach who lets <laughs> pitchers hit. Uh, you let one PO know that they that if they come out to Wenatchee, they get they get ABs, and just you get phone calls, and they're all crawling into Wenatchee trying to trying to turn into position players now. Oh my gosh, you're gonna have to have a sign in the dugout this summer, day one. <laughs> no pitchers are batting this season. 
The Wenatchee Applesocks are seeking host parents for the 2023 season. Premier's Summer Collegiate Baseball returns to Paul Thomas Senior Stadium on June 6th, and Applesocks players need homes to stay in during the summer. Local families in the Wenatchee Valley and surrounding communities have housed players for the last 22 seasons and formed lifelong bonds with our players. Applesocks host parents receive free season tickets, recognition on field at the end of the season, an invitation to the annual host parent appreciation dinner, and much more. To learn more, please email info at applesocks.com or call 509-665-6900. So, Mitch, we're on to our third player this week. And, you know, right as we've been talking about pitchers getting chances to hit, it's time to talk about another pitcher who we're looking forward to seeing a lot on the mound this year. Who's the third player we're welcoming this week? Yeah, third guy we're going to talk about this week is Ryan Martinez. Uh, Ryan is a right-handed arm from the University of Pacific. Uh, They are in the West Coast Conference, so, you know, familiar pitching against the Zags, seeing St. St. Mary's and uh, Portland and, and all those West Coast Conference teams. I feel like that's a school that a lot of, a lot of people get confused with, Pacific University and, and Oregon, but Vision One program. Our connection there is uh, Elliot Cribby, used to be the UW pitching coach previously, and um, this year he has taken over as Pacific's pitching coach. So always always happy to connect with Coach Kribbe, and he always sends us good players and good arms. So really excited about Ryan. Ryan's a, a true freshman. You know, he's seen some limited action here this spring. I believe he's sitting around 18, 19 innings. But just a really good kid and a really good competitor. Throws a four-seam fastball, two-seam fastball that – has some good movement on it. Change-ups, one of his better pitches, but his swing and miss pitch is, is is a little different. And I've had some conversations with him about it and just kind of asked about it. But he throws a knuckle curve, kind of his go-to swing and miss strikeout pitch. You know, he says it's not a true 12-6 over the top. It's not really a true slider. It's just kind of in between. And it just kind of moves sometimes where even where he doesn't know. So that's kind of his out pitch. So excited to see kind of how that plays for us. He's one that I can't really for sure say whether he'd be in a starting role or a bullpen role. You know, he's mostly been used out of the bullpen for, for uh, Pacific, but excited to see it in person, excited to kind of see what he throws and how it looks and, uh, and then try to find a role from him for there, from there. Knuckle curve. That's a, that's a funky one. Yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting because it's not a guy that's a true knuckleballer. You know, you know you get those guys that all they throw is knuckleballs and it's oh that you know, I throw this knuckle curve, I throw knuckle whatever. It, he just he just has it and that's his that's his swing and miss pitch, I guess. It's interesting. It, it, we've seen guys in the West Coast League have success when they're any pitcher does when you're obviously able to change things up a little bit between your off-speed and your higher velocity pitches, but it's something at the college level. There isn't as much variety. Is that the right way to say it, Mitch? That you know these guys haven't fully harnessed that ability to mix in the off speed with the the higher velocity stuff. Right. It, you know, and especially with the knuckleball, it's 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 almost like it seems so. It's almost like a little league view of it. I guess you would say. You know, as you get guys into the collegiate level, as they try to kind of throw a knuckleball or whatever, it's something that you kind of don't take seriously. You let them tinker with on the side. But I mean, obviously, it's, it's working, and he and he's able to utilize it and and get guys out on it. So um, I'm I'm really curious to see how it's going to look and uh, 
and see get Mike Callia's thoughts on it as well and and see how it plays for us. Ryan's another guy this week, recurring theme, freshman who's had the growing pains this season through uh, to this point in the season. We're talking here one of those last weeks of April. You look at his numbers as a whole, and he, 13 appearances, three starts, 869 ERA, two saves in there, 19 and two-thirds innings. And again, Mitch, to me, it's, it's a, I think it's another classic example of for the spring season, for the work he's got, it's not a ton to this point. It's it's hard to really to see that he's gotten that yet. And, you know, when you look at the cumulative summer totals at the end of the season, it's easy for us to look at it and go, oh, you know, we felt like he was a guy for us. And then he might toss 19 innings all summer and he might still have been a guy. But I think in the context of the summer versus what you see in the spring, sometimes it can tell you a lot more. What are your takeaways from Ryan, despite his numbers being a little bit high right now? Again, we know we touched on like true freshmen and and how that development can happen so quickly. You know, as you get into a spring season, a division one program, you know, guys, guys are getting ready for games. They're getting ready for a weekend series. There's not that continuous day in day out development at times where in the summer, that's what we're here for, man. We're, we're here for tinkering with stuff. We're here for figuring stuff out. We're here for guys getting the most out of what they can do. And so a guy like Ryan, who obviously has the talent level to pitch at the division one level, you know, has been get you know, has gotten touched up a little bit, you know, and really to me, an eight and a half ERA is a true freshman in the West coast conference against some of the competition he's pitching against. You know, I, I see a ton of potential. I see a guy that, hey, man, I can get a ton of innings out of this guy, and we're going to come in here, and he's going to be a dude for us. So, again, I'm not super into the spring stats, especially when it's a young guy like Ryan and a, a true freshman. So, I think that's a good point. If it's a couple more years in and we're seeing their ERI, they, we, we can be saying, okay, we've got to be a little bit cautious here this summer. we got to figure out what we got. I think it's another example of the growing pains, and I know we're kind of – we're beating this, this dead horse a few times in this one, but I think it's an instance where he gets it. He's gotten his taste of college baseball. I'm not seeing anything. May have played summer ball last year. I'm not seeing any record of that for any of these three guys. Maybe playing in a different uh, situation in the summer, that everyday grind. Maybe that's going to help him out a little bit, pitching in Wodanchi this this coming summer. For sure. And, you know, the the scenarios and when you get used as a bullpen arm again you know i've touched on this in previous podcasts but it, it can inflate or deflate your era big time i mean if you're coming in and you're seeing your innings when your team's down 10 to 2 and that the opposing team's lineup is all have already gotten multiple hits all of them are seeing the ball all of them are you know in a groove at the plate it's hard to come in and just put a fire out you know as opposed to Hey, it's a zero-zero ball game. You're in in the sixth. You know your defense is locked in. Your, your your guys are you know playing every pitch for you. It's just different. It's different. Those true freshmen, a lot of times that they're, they're getting their innings in those blowout type of games, up ten, down ten, and it's it's not the easiest situation to come in and and have a defense locked in and and play behind you. Yeah, it's another guy who's a West Coast guy as well from Las Vegas. He stayed on the West Coast, of course, playing for Pacific in California. So a lot of West Coast connections with this week's lineup. And kind of continuing that thing, we've got another one for our fourth player this week. A little bit different, changing things up. This guy is he is a freshman, only because he didn't play last year at uh, the school that he was at. Mitch, who is our fourth guy that we're welcoming this week? 
Yeah, fourth guy is a uh, an outfielder from UC Santa Barbara. Uh, his name's Josh Williams. I am really, really uh, high on this kid. I, I, I think Josh could have a really big summer for us. You know, looking what he did last summer, he was with the Walla Walla Sweets. I uh, believe he had six homers for them. He's a guy that can do some damage. And another, I feel like every guy announces left a left-handed bat, but another left-handed bat at a really good program. You know, we've touched on UC Santa Barbara. They won the what you know Big West last year, competing right near the top again this year. Um, but they always have great talent there. Um, and so Josh, uh, Josh is his bat is going to be the big thing that's going to keep him in our lineup. Ton of power and just a really, a really good defensive outfielder as well. He's seen a lot of work this spring as a late inning kind of defensive replacement. But I, I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited about Josh. I think he's another young guy in that program that here in a couple of years could could be doing some big things. This is a guy last year with Walla Walla. You mentioned it already, Mitch. Six home runs, 315 batting average, 28 games, coming back to the West Coast League. And I think fan, fans sometimes may wonder why guys in a situation like this don't go back to where they previously were. And I think that the situation is fairly simple once you explain it. Uh, for a guy like this and going to a, from a program like Walla Walla, I'm sure there are guys who you bring back and you make that work out. Sometimes, though, when your coaches change year to year, it's hard to keep up with everyone who you want to bring back. You know, you, and all it's just it's hard to establish that sometimes. I mean, you dealt with that to an extent last year, Mitch. You came in. There's guys you wanted to bring back. That option was no longer available. You know, maybe they've signed somewhere else. So I think in a lot of ways, we've lucked out getting a guy like this to come join us. And I think, like you said, Mitch, he's going to be a huge addition. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you touched on it. A lot of times it's it's not necessarily the connection to the program or organization. A lot of times it's the coaching staff leaves and and that was their contact for where they wanted to place the guy for the summer. So, yeah, in my opinion, we, we got a big time steal. Josh, I mean, six home runs in 28 games. Man, I, I can tell you, I, I really think he's going to have a good summer for us. Um, and, and again, he's one of those California kids that's going to show up late, you know, mid, mid to late June. But uh, the nice part about him is he's going to be able to stay full season for us and hopefully go on a playoff run and, and, and keep a talented guy like that on our roster for the full summer. Worth mentioning for Walla Walla, we talked about the coaching staff situations. They had a couple things change up last year, had a head coach who was set to, to be there. Took another job shortly before the season. Brandon Vial stepped in, and now former Apple Sox pitcher, actually Jared Molna, is their new head coach. So that happens. We know that's going to happen each summer. So it's harder to keep these guys when you know you're not keeping the same head coach sometimes because you never know how that's going to work out. So we're happy to add Josh Williams in that regard. Six home runs, another left-handed bat. Mitch, I'm telling you what this. My prediction for this season's Apple Sox team is they're going to set their single-season home run record. They're going to pass with the 2019. <laughs> I, I, I'm, there's every every summer, usually, except for a couple of years ago, every summer it feels like a record is broken in some regard. I think we're coming for that home run record this year. Yeah, we, de we definitely are going to have some power bats that uh, hopefully can can run a few out and uh, and kind of tinker around that number. But uh, won't, we won't see it until they arrive here, until we get them in person. We'll see it. The number to catch is 36 that's from 2019 36 home runs in a 54 game season 
Just to compare it for you, last summer, uh, summer of 2022, the Apple Sox had 18 home runs. So you need to slightly more than double the output from last summer. That's the task (laughs) for this year, Mitch. Yeah, yeah, we were speed and stealing bags last summer. We'll we'll see how it plays, man. We'll we'll I don't know. We'll 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 definitely be a little bit of a different style this summer, but it, it'll be fun to see. I think we touched on this before. Do you model your offense based on its personnel, or do you come in saying we've got this strategy, we kind of want to do this for the second year in a row? Well, last year you it was you and Marcus Lydon kind of running a lot of it. I know you're going to kind of take a lot of that head lead on the offense again this year. What what what, what kind of strategy do you usually opt for? Because you had a guy like Josh Williams, high batting average, got some pomp in his bat. Are you kind of leaning, just using him as an example, are you looking at guys and saying, okay, we've got a lot of guys like this, we're going to be this type of team? Or is it you saying, we're going to do what I kind of have in mind as my strategy for a successful offense? Yeah, I think, you know, with the recruiting, I, I'm just trying to get the best talent possible. I'm trying to get the best talent that I can get signed and, and into Wenatchee. You know, my think my my thinking is I'm I'm gonna adapt to whatever our lineup is. If we got four or five dudes that can just sit and hit and run the ball out of the yard and hit doubles, then we're gonna do that. You know, but if we have a lot of different guys that that, that can bunt, that can hit and run, that that can steal bags, then we're going to do that as well. And I, I honestly think, you know, we have some guys with some power this year, but we still have a lot of guys that can run. We have Ty, you know, we have Ty Kennedy's, uh, Frankie Carney, Sebastian David, Reed Boyd. We've got a lot of guys that can, that can flat out fly. And then you mix that with some power bats. I, I think overall it's going to be a more balanced team. I, I think, you know, last summer we really put the ball in motion. We did a lot of bunting. We did a lot of safety squeeze. We, you know, we just did a lot of different stuff to try to manufacture runs, which which may be the case, but I just, I just see us being a little more balanced this summer. I mean, that's so advantageous because you sometimes you just need a night where you hit a couple of home runs and that's how you win the game. Maybe you didn't put a lot of balls in play, but a couple of them that did got out of the park. And, you know, the biggest crime of last season, Mitch, is that Joichiro Oyama only had one home run. He had eight in the spring last year at Merced. He's got four this year with UC Irvine, and we only saw one long ball, and it was at a loss, too. We lost that game. Yep, yep. That, yeah, that was a little of a surprise. Joe Joe has that sneaky pop that I've, I've told numerous people. I'm like, he can run him out of the yard. I just – it's almost – it's just his approach. He He's not a guy that – he's not trying to run the ball out of the yard. He, he's, he's trying to stay middle, stay the other way, and – and uh and get on base and steal some bags so gosh i i just we came into last year i thought boy we got some pop on this team and i there were a couple of guys i thought grant sherrod would be a five or six home run guy uh i, I a couple other i've arquette i thought he would get four or five as well and it, it just didn't translate but the guy still had great summers and that's the i think the positive to take away from that is you don't need to hit the home runs to do that certainly is fun when you're able to do that but I guess we'll see in a lot of ways how this season's team shakes out. Josh Williams, though, a huge addition, as we mentioned. Uh, Had a couple of big games against the Apple Sox, as you remember all too well last year, Mitch, that trip to Walla Walla where we were able to salvage the series, but fortunately didn't have to face him again at the end of the season. Three players down this week, Mitch. We're down to our last two, as we talked about kind of, or figure part, four players down. I'm losing track. We've got one last guy to welcome this week for the Apple Sox, and who's that one going to be? 
Yeah, last one is uh, is an interesting one to talk about because he is still uncommitted, but, but Spencer Green, he's a right-handed arm out of the Tri-Cities out of Richland High School. Originally uh, got Spencer Green. He was committed to Oregon State and, you know, thought, man, perfect, another Oregon State arm. Ended up having a little bit of a falling out with them. He He's had a little bit of arm issues this spring. But from everything we've heard and everything, you know, talking with Spencer, all of that should be taken care of. He's really rehabbing his arm right now and getting everything taken care of and, and should be to, should be full go this summer. But, man, a super talented kid, really, really talented high school kid. You know, definitely a Division One level arm. I think at this point with him still being uncommitted and kind of getting dinged up in his senior year in the spring, I I could see him taking the junior college route. Um, I know schools central Arizona and some lower Columbia schools like that are, you know, kind of on his radar and, and some, some interest there, but uh, no, no shortage of talent uh, was an area codes invite and a potential draft kid really. I mean, he, when I say talented, I mean, he's like a low 90s fastball, really good breaking pitch, just next level stuff. So really excited to see see what, what he's going to do for us. Um, I could see him being in a starting role if he's fully healthy and ready to go. But, you know, we're going to kind of play it by year and ease him in and, and do whatever he needs to kind of be ready and, and, and get him going this summer. So he's a guy who after this summer with the Apple Sox is still going to have all four years of that college eligibility because he's not with someone right now. And Mitch, I've got to imagine he's going to be pretty fired up to take the mound when he gets his first opportunity in June. Oh, for sure. And uh, I think he's going to have a pretty big following from, from different schools throughout the summer as well, you know, with him being uncommitted. So He'll be one to watch. He'll be one for our fans to watch and one for obviously the coaching staff and us to help him get where he needs to go as far as school goes. But again, you know, I can't say it enough. Really, really talented. You know, it'll it'll be fun to see if we can kind of get everything polished and tuned up and and get him cleaned up on the mound, but has all the tools and all the makings to be a really high level arm. What stood out the most about him that makes it so exciting for you? It's because he's not out of school right now, there's not a ton of that information that we can really get with him. Uh, high school stats not available as well. It explains stuff to fans right now that they can't find on that Google search. What do you like so much about what he brings? Well, I mean, anytime, anytime you see that a kid, one, you know, originally committed to Oregon State, uh, that tells you, you know, their coaching staff obviously saw some really high-level talent in him. You know, and then the other thing, it, it's not easy to get an area codes invite. Man, him him going down there, had a good showing down there. That really stood out to me and thought, okay, this, this kid's legit. Simple Google searches, even checking perfect game, you know, their website. They'll tell you his fastball, Velo's 92. So anytime, anytime you see 92 on a radar gun and then just looking at some YouTube videos, seeing a slider, seeing some of the pitches he throws – it gets you pretty excited and and you think, okay, this kid is definitely worth taking a flyer on and, and seeing what we can do with him for a summer. In his senior year right now at Richland High School in, in, in Washington, Mitch, the fun thing you mentioned, perfect game. He's currently ranked as from this past February, their release of the class of 2023 rankings in the state of Washington. He's fourth on that list. And Apple Sox fans who've seen that list, or if you get a chance to look at on perfect game, Pacific Northwest's Twitter account, 
there's several other Apple Sox players who are going to be on this team on that list. Carson Owen is second. Sebastian David is third. Bryce Johnson is eighth. Reeve Boyd is 10th. Mitch, this is another guy who's in that really talented freshman pool coming to the Apple Sox. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the fun part about the talent level, the incoming freshmen, is we have so many of these incoming freshmen are from Washington State or from the Northwest. So it's nice to keep that really good incoming freshman talent from the Northwest to keep them kind of on our local teams here and and see them in our league and see them, you know, front and center in person on the Apple Sox. So It'll be interesting. Like I keep telling people, you know, the difference between last year's roster and this year's roster is I just feel like this year's roster is so much younger, which can be great. You know, a lot, a lot more energy, you know, guys are excited to play, but, but we'll see how ultimately it plays out. You know, we don't, we don't have a ton of that veteran, you know, upperclassmen leadership. So uh, it'll be fun to see. I feel like every week for about, what the better part of the last month and a half of doing these, Mitch, every week we're going, here we go. Here's this week's hotshot incoming freshman player. And this week it's Spencer Green. And this isn't a bad thing. It's a great thing. It's nice that we have this opportunity to have this many guys. And it's a testament to the recruiting that you've been doing as well. But you bring up that veteran factor. How do you fill that void on a team like this? There's going to be some teams who have, maybe they're a little bit more stacked. Maybe they got a few more elder states in there. How do you fill that void? Because it's an intangible that any sports team has to have that's hard to to quantify. Is that leadership in the right moments? Is that something where you think you're going to kind of lean on your on your your coaching staff to help supply that maybe sometimes? Yeah, definitely. I think the coaching staff this year, we're going to have to just just be a little more strict, be a little more disciplined in the way we go about things and the way we lead our guys. Um you know, last year it just felt it was so nice because we had so many veteran upperclassmen guys that had been in the West Coast League before. Um, that kind of just that just kind of did their thing. They knew they knew how it worked and they let it go and 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 did it. I really think the guys that are returners for us this year are going to have to have a bigger like just a leadership role overall. And, and you know, and guys like Josh Williams, some of these guys who have played in the league before, who are you know, I know they're only redshirt freshmen going into their sophomore year, but that those those type of guys are really going to have to grab some of these incoming freshmen under their wing and just kind of, hey, man, this is how we do it. This is how college baseball works. You know, this is how we act. This is how we carry ourselves. This is the day in, day out. This is how we're going to grind, and this is how we're going to work. And, and But I, I'll, I'm really excited to see it play out. I'm really excited to see who kind of takes over that leadership role. You know, it, it, last summer it was Joe Ichiro kind of taking Ivar Kett, middle infielder under his wing, and – and kind of set the example. And so I'm, I'm excited to see who's going to kind of be that captain and be that leader for us this summer. I was going to say, I, I imagine you're going to kind of look to some of these returning players. We do have such a surplus of guys who are on the 2022 Apple Sox coming back. I imagine you'll also help lean on them for helping set that mentality for the younger and the new players joining the team. Definitely. Yep. Yep. Guys like Brandon Ponce, you know, been here, done that, playing in the Pac-12. You know, Quincy Vassar, Jack Moffitt, uh, guys that had big roles for us last year that are that are coming back. Those are going to be the guys that are going to really have to kind of set the tone and, and uh, you know, really police each other. It can't, you know, it's not always going to be the coaching staff that's that's got to set the example and lead the way. You know, guys got to police each other and, and, and do the right thing uh, for their teammates, so. I, I, again, I, I'm really excited to see who steps up and, and who kind of fills some of these leadership roles for us. 
you know, Mitch, I'm I'm 27. You're a couple of years older than I am. We're gonna feel really old on this summer's team, aren't we? <laughs> right. Yeah. I. You know. And me being a high school teacher, it, it seems like in the summer it's it's a whole nother, you know, age group of of guys. You know, this summer it's gonna be like having a lot of seniors in high school again, and 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 coaching some coaching some high school baseball. But um, th- these guys are super talented, man. They're they're here for a reason, and. You know, guys like MJ Sweeney and some of them, they're they're already, I can tell, mature beyond their years. A lot more mature than than I would say I was when I was a senior in high school, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I keep thinking about that with each week that we're doing these rosters, and I'm thinking, wow, 2023 is officially going to be the year that I feel old because on the hockey team I'm with right now, a lot of our players are they're either 16 up to 20 in that span. Uh I am the youngest player on our like travel staff, our assistants and our head coach and our equipment manager and athletic trainer they're older than me but you know in the summer here i go i'm gonna be the second oldest one so it's gonna be fun though mitch i think we're gonna have a lot of younger blood that's gonna come in and and really help this summer's team out absolutely like you know like i said and i think our energy level is gonna be better i think our our excitement to play and, and and guys that are just coming out here hungry we're gonna have a lot of guys that are hungry to get innings and get in our lineup and and gonna want to put on a show for our apple Sox fans I think fans should be so thrilled about that. I, I just, I really encourage everyone to look. If you're listening right now, simple Google search or search on Twitter, take a look at prep baseball, uh, prep baseball reports, Washington's rankings for, for the class of 2023. Take a look at perfect game Northwest rankings for the state of Washington. These are in-state players coming to the Apple Sox who are some of the best talents of the high school level, the senior class who are going to join this team. And Mitch, you know, in a way you quartered the market on that with getting these guys. Was this something that kind of began early in the off season? Tell me how this all kind of came together to get these guys to all come together, form the super team of the class of 2023 <laughs> on the Apple Sox in the state of Washington. We got to come up with some superhero name for them. Right. Right. No, I you know with the West coast league expanding the roster um, to allowing 10 incoming freshmen to be on your roster you know, that kind of triggered something thinking, okay, maybe, you know, maybe we want to start diving more in on these incoming freshmen, you know, and then just the incoming freshmen that we had last year. I mean, Iva Arquette was a huge piece for us. Ryan Mullen was a huge piece for us. So, you know, having guys like that, that, that showed me right off the bat, Hey, you know, kind of attacking and getting some of these high talented level uh, incoming freshmen, you know, I just kind of thought, let's tinker with it. Let's let's see if we can get some of these guys, you know, before they get to that school and before they get sent to the Cape Cod League and before they get sent to, an, you know, the Northwoods or wherever they go. Let's see if we can get them before they step foot on campus and, and get them in an Apple Sox uniform. I love it. And, and credit to the West Coast League for expanding the number of freshmen that are allowed. I think it's it's fun throughout the course of the summer to, to to play in your own mind. Oh, if I'm commissioner, here's what I would do. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do that. This was something that I don't know. I don't know if we really tinkered when you and I would talk about this stuff. I don't know if it was something we said we need to allow more freshmen. It's a great idea, and I think it's really going to help the league as a whole this year. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I and especially with the pitching as well, um, getting those incoming freshmen that don't have that huge inning inning load from the spring at you know at the division one school or the junior college school that coaches actually want to send out for the summer and hey I want to see this incoming freshman get 30 innings for you here you go 
I think it just it's just it's so much easier for the coaches in this league to to be able to find quality pitching and and quality players as opposed to just um, you know trying to hound guys to you know to let you send off a pitcher that's on their current staff. So I think it's a great thing for the league. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's been fun to it's been fun to see these guys come to the Apple Sox and you know Mitch, I just I can't wait for them to to come here in in the summer and see what they can do on the field. Just got to keep the pitchers on the mound and away from the plate. That's a that's been the theme, I guess, of this week's podcast, hasn't it? Right, right. Never again, man. Yeah, too many guys late last year. I, I'm trying to think how many other p uh how many other pitchers ended up making it to the plate. Evan Canfield got a playoff at bat. Garrett Gore's is a utility man. He doesn't count as a as a, a hitter. Yeah. He's a utility after what he's done this spring. He's a two way. Um, we mentioned Vas- Riley Sinclair, Reese Lightenberg. Vas- Right. Yeah. Um, Quincy Quincy got in there an AB. I think some of the you know, that Dub C Fish Stick series. I think I had like six. I had just a line of pitchers that just seemed like everyone was wearing a helmet in the dugout with batting gloves. It's just like I at some point I just had to let them just get it over with and just and just t- take them down a notch as well. Some of them I think are a little inflated on what they did in high school. So. Oh my gosh. The the summer baseball season, I feel like one of the more common phrases you'll hear from these guys was what they used to be able to do that wasn't their current position, what they did in high school, and then how they do things at their current college. My goodness. It's always about somewhere else, isn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Oh man. But it'll be fun to see what we ha- what happens this year with uh with these guys. Pitchers on the bound and hitters at the plate. Mitch, thanks for the time this week. A lot of fun to look at these guys as we talked about. I know it's been a busy stretch. Appreciate the time, and we will talk to you next week. We're going to kind of focus on a lot of these 10-day contracts, which I think will be fun for fans because those guys will open up the season with the Apple Sox when they open the year at Ben. Thanks for the week here, Mitch. Yep, appreciate it, Joel. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Wenatchee Apple Sox podcast. If you enjoyed it and don't already, please subscribe to get updates on our newest episodes. Make sure to like the Apple Sox on Facebook and follow at Apple Sox on Twitter or Instagram. Wenatchee Apple Sox Baseball, celebrating summer one inning at a time.